song. It says, with all my breath, I want to follow you. And that you will renew and reveal yourself to me. That's what this day is really all about, oh Lord. That's what this sermon's all about. That's what this morning is all about. To somehow to gather here because of Christ the Lord's presence, particularly His presence in us, that you would restore and renew and refresh and redeem us all over again that you'd remind us that we've been forgiven and send us out to be forgiving, that you would redeem our yesterdays, live in today, and we'd be sure about tomorrow, O Lord, and that we would follow you with every breath that is in us, O Lord, and that you would continue to reveal and redeem and renovate our lives each and every day, Lord, that we could serve you to your honor and glory in every way. I pray, Lord, if that's not the desire of everyone in this room, before this prayer is over, you begin to plant a seed of that desire in every heart. Would you somehow today, Lord, just give us a great desire for you and show us, I pray, through your word, show us, I pray, how to go out of here and live for you this week like we've never lived for you before, oh Lord. If that's your desire this morning, I just want you to ask the Lord, Lord, today, would you help me? Would you do something in my life? Would you give me a new and a different understanding of who you are and what you do so I can go out this week and live for you like I've never lived before any day of my life? Oh, Lord, I pray. Make it so, Lord, we pray. Make it so, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we celebrate today your faithfulness and your goodness to us. So glad to be here together, oh, Lord. Remember, it was a year ago today. A year ago today, that was our last Sunday before the COVID season started. We were closed down until May the 17th, I think. Oh, Lord, a year ago today. And you've certainly been faithful to us through this year. And all God's people said, oh, amen. You have been faithful, oh, Lord. We bless your name. Thank you this morning. Thank you for Rob Combs back today. uh, Ten days out of open heart surgery and rejoicing and giving you praise, oh, Lord. Thank you for Tim Wright and Carol and Tim's sister that's been through congestive heart failure, trauma, and is sitting up in a chair this morning doing better. Thanks be to God, oh Lord, we trust you and believe in you for that. We pray for Wayne Arnold today, whom we love, uh, Jenna's grandpa, Becky's dad, that you would bless him newly in the hospital with pneumonia, that you would touch him and help him, oh Lord. Your hand would be upon him, Lord Jesus. Pray for Norman Hurt today. We remember Norman and, and uh, for Larry Murs, oh Lord, and the list is very long. And uh, we thank you, Lord, that we get to be a part of the family of God. But we pray for those that are gathered in this room and those that are gathered by the way of uh, the Internet one way or the other today, O oh Lord, that we could hear your word. May we hear your word today and may it change us. We believe there's an anointing on the word, O oh Lord, not necessarily, not necessarily on the preacher, except as the preacher uses your word. And so I pray today for an unusual anointing on the word of the Lord among us uh, that would send us away with every breath desiring to follow you and, and a clean, clear new revelation of what you want to do in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad, so glad you're here today. So glad you're here today. Man, sweet looking crowd. Thank you, praise team and musicians for helping us to worship and to be together. What a great time. What a great time. We got your Bibles open to Romans chapter 12. And uh, just really want to look at one verse, Romans chapter 12. And we're going to have a good time together. You just go ahead and decide you're going to have a good time. It's going to be good. Thanks be to God. I I don't know if you are, uh, I don't know if you've, uh, if you've dug around in the Bible enough to where you get one verse that just kind of 
gets a hold of you. Uh, this is the verse that's done that for me. It's actually, it's actually uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And uh, I want you to read it. This is uh, the New Revised Standard Version, which I preach from. And it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Now, we want that to happen today. Okay? Yes. Uh, we want, so, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you catch all that? I, I didn't. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, Eugene Peterson, who's a great uh, Episcopalian, I think, uh, did a translation called The Message. And I'd like to read The Message, verses 1 and 2, because it's pretty contemporary, and we can hear it better. So look at verses 1 and 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Somebody said, Amen, Amen. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. That's, the, that's what I want to preach on today, really. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Wow, isn't that a good translation? I wish I'd have done that. I would have really been proud if that in my translation, but this is the passage we're going to look at. Uh, I'm excited about really one idea in here, and that is the possibility of the renewing of your mind. <laughs> Anybody need their mind renewed? I know some of you do. Come on. Uh, the renewing of your mind is, I want you to, I want, look, at this, look at this verse. Look what a central role that, that phrase plays because you cannot be, can transform, uh, not be conformed, but transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. So that conforming and transforming happens by the renewing of your mind. By the way, by the renewing of your minds so that because of the renewing of your minds, you may discern what is God's will, that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So that little phrase, renewing of your mind, in the middle of that verse is hugely important to what comes before and what comes after it. It's just a hugely, hugely, hugely important verse. And to me, renewing of the mind sounds fantastic. Uh, you begin to think differently when your mind's renewed. You begin to have a new perspective and think in brand new categories you've never thought in before. That's amazing work. You don't see things from the same vantage point that you always saw them. You ever know anybody that sees everything from the same vantage point? I do. That they get one issue in their lives and it's like everything that goes on in their lives ultimately gets defined around that one. Like that? Well, it could be something that happened 30 but you begin to see from a different vantage point, and uh, your reason changes. So you, when you begin to think through th things, you don't think through the same steps every time. You know, well, this happened, and I know this is what I ought to do. Blah blah blah. You just don't. You just, you just got a different, a new way to process things. So your responses to people are different. Wow, 
Your conversations are different. Your outlook is totally changed. You don't even look out like you did. <laughs> there are new moments of understanding, those aha moments. Well, whoa, I got it. I understand it. Uh, Stephen Covey, some of you may have read Stephen Covey. He wrote that book entitled Seven Habits of a Highly Effective Person. In, in, that, in that book, he said, sometimes we need uh, a, a new mind, which he called a paradigm shift. I didn't know what that meant. I don't know if I still know what that means. But it's when your mind get, get, gets a different perspective. Uh, there was a lady that gave a great illustration of that. Her name's Jacqueline Crow. You can look her up online. She does some blog stuff. But she, she gives a great illustration of a paradigm shift of a new mind. So a lady was traveling from South Africa to Europe and back, and so she was in Europe. It was early in the morning. She was going to go back to South Africa uh, later that day. And she, she'd been on the plane all night and was worn out and exhausted and decided to go to the coffee shop and get some cookies and a cup of coffee. Makes sense to me. That, isn't that a perfect breakfast? Cookies and a cup of coffee? I mean, that's perfect in my mind. I have fig bars and coffee every morning. Every morning in the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So this woman is having cookies and a cup of coffee. So she gets her morning paper, she gets her coffee, and she sits down at the table, and to her surprise, there's this young man sits down across from her. She don't know who he is, and she thinks, well, it's a busy airport, so she's reading her paper and drinking her coffee and eating her cookies, and he reaches over and gets one of the cookies. She's like, well, I don't want to be rude, but this is amazing, you know? So she just went back to reading, and, uh, and she's like, okay, you know, and so uh, she's drinking, and she reached and got another one, and lo and behold, he reached and got another one. She still, she just resisted saying things like, what in the world? And finally, there was only one cookie left. Only one cookie left. So he broke it in half and gave her half, and he kept half. <laughs> so this is one rude dude, man. It's like, oh, my goodness. Well, by that time, they called her flight. She picked her bag up and headed down to the, uh, to the gate she had to go through. She opened her bag to get her ticket, and inside were her cookies. She'd been eating his cookies the whole time. Uh-huh. He went from being a rude guy to the most sweetest, generous dude she ever ran into in the airport. That's one of those moments. See, that's what happens when your mind gets renewed. It doesn't think the way it thought before. Everything begins to change. Everything really begins to be different. And uh, it's absolutely amazing that there is this promise in the Scripture that God is able to renew our minds. Wow. I want, to, I want to tell you about the content of how it gets, of what gets renewed, but I'm more interested in this morning in how it gets renewed. The content is it goes from worldly thinking to spiritual thinking. That's the content. When your mind gets renewed, you get out of this being conformed into doing it just like the world does it with all of its stuff, and not everything the world does is bad, but the content of this transformation is from doing it according to the world to doing it according to God, according to His will, His good and acceptable and perfect will. But, so that's the content, but I want to talk to you today about getting your mind renewed. Because I come to understand this week, a lot of good people come to church and they want that, and they have a very legitimate question, how am I supposed to happen? I'm in for that. I, I would like to have some fresh thinking in my life, but how in the world am I supposed to get there? Please tell me because I, I would like to sign up and say I'm in, but in spite of how much I'm in, I really don't know, I really don't know how to get there, and I want to know how to get there. If you tell me, Pastor, that God, through Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, can take my worldly thinking and make it much more of a spirit-driven thinking, 
and can literally renew my mind, I can begin to understand and accept the very will of God, the good things of God. Just tell me how to get there. Just tell me how to, okay, I'm going to do my best to tell you how to get there. It's good to you. You mind if I clap? It's good. It's, it's loud when I clap up here, but anyway, it's good. Now, I pray the Lord would help me to make this sermon very simple because we're all simple. And uh, so I believe he's going to. So I'm going to give you three words, three words to tell you how to get your mind renewed. Okay? Everybody remember? They all start with D's. That makes them an alliteration. You didn't know I knew that word, did you? They're an alliteration. D's. Here they are. Decide, discern, and do. Decide, discern, and do. They come straight out of this text. Now, you can't look in that text and read, decide, discern, and do, but I promise you what I'm going to tell you comes straight from this text about the renewing of your mind. The first thing you have to do to have your mind renewed is to decide. You know, this is a passage that's written for Christians. It's written to believers. It's written to, to people that Paul has written 11 chapters about what Jesus has done in their lives, and he appeals to them as brothers and sisters. I know a lot of people that seem to uh, want to, spirit, uh, to accept some, experience some kind of spiritual benefits, but they've never really accepted Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? The starting place is a personal relationship with Jesus. Every pastor in the city today is preaching to people who have some spiritual interest but have not really decided to follow Jesus. Everybody in the room should say, Pastor, you are exactly right in that. Because the starting plate for, for transformation, the spar starting place for the renewal of your mind is literally to make the decision to decide, to decide, I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to live for Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. I'm going to, I'm going to follow him with every breath that's in me. I'm going to decide to follow him. Now, you can, you can want all the spiritual favors you want. You can try to get all the spiritual answers you want. You can try to get lined up in every area of your life with a spiritual focus. I'm telling you, if you've not decided to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you will not make, you, this will not happen for you. So if you're dabbling around and haven't decided, the Lord will love you and his grace will be all around you and his spirit will be, keep working on you. But this kind of transformation won't come until you've decided, I'm going to follow Jesus. By the way, that's not an ugly thing, man. That's not a duty thing. That's something you love, man. I really want that. I, I'm excited about that. You love it, but I would tell you, uh, it's a decision that has some limits. I looked up the word decide. <laughs> Don't you hate it when you look up a word and it just goes yuck all over you? That's one of these words. I looked up the word decide in its original meaning. And basically the word decide means to cast off. To cast off. So if I'm going to decide, if I, you know what that means? It means I made this decision. If I'm going to do this, there's some things that are going to have to be. We don't like to talk about that. The church doesn't talk about that very much. But if I'm going to follow Jesus, if I really decide, if I really decide I'm going to be a Christian, you know, some things are going to have to be cast off. Now, I'm talking about the way to the renewing of your mind begins with a decision. Let me give you a more, maybe a simple, maybe it's not an illustration, but let's say you've decided you're going to go on a diet. That's ugly, everybody. Oh, we like to talk about ugly things here. So everybody here this morning decides they're going to go on a diet, okay? I'm going to do it. So I've got to cast off some other things, right? I'm going to get on a diet. I just happen to have one more Snickers bar in the cabinet of the house. One more Snickers bar. 
Okay, I won't let it go waste. I'll give it to Anita. She can, you know, I'm nice to Anita, by the way, guys. She's the best. Anyway, got one more Snickers bar, and I decide, see, I'm on this 2,500-calorie-a-day a diet, and you, does anybody know how many calories are in a Snicker bar? 250. 250 calories in a Snicker bar. So I decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead. I'm early in this diet, so I'm going to eat this Snicker bar, and then I'm going to work it off, and so I, it'll be okay. Do you know, how many, you know how long you have to walk to walk off 250 calories? Se 70 minutes. 70 minutes. So I've decided I'm going to be on a diet, and, and because I've decided I'm going to be on a diet, you see, there's some limits, man. I made this decision. I'm going to be on a diet. That means probably that Snickers bar is not going to go. And the way, listen, I just need you to know, the way to spiritual transformation, the way for the, for the Spirit of the Lord to really transform your life, you've got to make a decision, first of all, that says, I'm going with Jesus, man. He's the one I'm in with all the way, whatever he wants, whatever he wants. I'm in with him. I'm depending on him. At the end of the day, it's all going to be about him. So I, I have decided, I have decided to follow Jesus. Now, let me tell you, <laughs> this morning, I never finished my sermon until uh, this morning. It felt like three minutes till 10 before I was done. I, it's the craziest thing in the world. So this morning, I was, I was praying about this decision thing in my garage. It's quiet in there. Nobody but me, you know, everybody's sleeping late today because of the time change and all that stuff. And the Lord said, well, once you make a decision, there will be 10,000 tributaries. I thought, what in the world? Why did the word tributaries come to my mind? You know what a tributary is? Yeah, it's kind of like you got a big stream of water and you got all these little streams. you got a big river and you got all these little streams of water that run off to the sides everywhere. And I'm saying, okay, Lord, what does that have to do with decision? So once again, I looked up the word tributary. And you know what it means? It means uh, something that you owe tribute to. Huh. So once I decide, man, it affects everything. Wow. It really affects everything. Sitting in this side of the building right here. I thought they were. Where did Shaylin McKenzie go? They're back there. Shaylin McKenzie are right back there, and Corey and Autumn are right there. And these guys, those guys in March, and those guys in April are going to make a decision. I, Corey, take you, Autumn, to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. I, Autumn, take, and I tell you, when that decision's made, there's 10,000 tributaries that will follow that. You know that's right, don't you guys? A week from tomorrow, Anita and I will have our 41st anniversary. Oh, my goodness, how'd that happen? I'm telling you, there have been ten thousands of thousands of little secondary decisions that have been made along the way because one day, one day, I decided that's going to be my bride. See, when you make the decision, you set the stage for something to begin to change and happen. You set the stage for something begin to happen. The first step in the first step in the renewing of your mind is you have to make a decision. 
Now, walk with me because we're going to try to walk through the rest of this the best we can. But the first step in re- renewing your mind is you've got to make a decision. I'm going to follow Jesus. I thought about this morning. In the, what if this morning said in my little desk in the garage, I said, okay, it's 6 o'clock right now. I don't know what time it was. I put on my notes. 6 a.m. What I decided today, today on this Sunday morning, I make the decision today. I'm going to follow Jesus in everything that he tells me to do today. Man, I decide that, Lord. You know, that can, all kinds of things can happen. If you really decide that, and the Word teaches you, and the Spirit teaches you, and people challenge you, and it's like... So, see, here's what God promises. He promises He wants to renew our minds. I'm going to talk a little more about it in a minute, but the first step in renewing your mind spiritually is you've got to make a decision, man. You've got to make a decision. I'm going on a diet. Okay, that means no, no more snicker bars. They're going to go to waste, somebody said. Greg, it's going to waste, man. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to be a liar. You know, when you decide you're not going to be a liar, that changes a whole lot of things, doesn't it? You get in a situation all of a sudden where... I decided I ain't going to look at girly pictures on my, radio, on my TV or computer anymore. Boom, boom, demand things. Woo, big decision. Tributaries, 10,000 of them, done. So before this transformation can occur, he's talking to believers, man. He's talking about to people that have made a decision to follow Jesus. And I thought, wow, what would it be like if this morning at 6 o'clock I said everything happens today, I've absolutely decided I'm going to follow Jesus. One of my favorite authors, and I've mentioned him a lot of times from the pulpit, was Dallas Willard. Dallas is now gone to be with the Lord. He taught in Southern California. And he wrote a book entitled The Renovation of the Heart. And that's really what this is all about. See, this heart's already been redeemed, but God's wanting to renovate it. These are believers. He's wanting to make it new. This is, this is the sanctifying part of the justifying that he already done. I belong to him. Now he wants to change me. He wants to renew my mind. So he wrote this book in he said, in order for this to really happen, you have to have three little things. And uh, I wish you'd read the book because you'd, you'd get them. He, lay, he gave them a little acronym, V-I-M, called VIM. He said, you've got to have a vision for what God wants for your life. And then you've got to have an intention to, be, to commit to doing it. And then you've got to have the means to pull it off. If you want to be all God wants you to be, you've got to have the vision for it, you've got to have the intention to do it, and you've got to have the means to pull it off. And he'll say, I'll tell you what the greatest problem in that little equation is. Most people have never really made the decision. I've got this picture, but I never really decided. I never really said, Dallas Willard said, it's really important if you're going to experience I just want to promise you today that the God will, God will offer some of these wonderful first things we talked about this aha moments different opportunity different perspective unusual conversations I mean a change in the way we look at life the change we would a renewing of our minds when we decide when we really decide I'm going to follow Jesus okay okay now here's a place where we need to be clear where I want to try to be clear the Lord help me to be clear The three words are decide, discern, which is to kind of understand or really discern. Decide, discern, and do. Not in my notes, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I got a bunch of uh, brand new ladies' clothes. uh, We'll share those with needy families and needy places. So we can talk about that. If you know some resources for that, talk to me. 30 cases from Preps for us. 
Well, I knew my little, my little, uh, my little pickup wouldn't hold 30 cases, and Dave and Dwayne and three, we went down there and picked it all up and stuff. And so I decided we probably need to take the church van. I'd take two seats out. So, uh, so Trevor helped me. I took two seats out of the van and uh, set them right down there in the end of the hallway. And uh, Anita called me and said, uh, you, it's tomorrow Sunday. You need, well, I need to make in front of her voice. No. She said, Harry, uh, you probably need to get those seats back in the van. I decided I'm going to do that. Big old heavy seat. I don't care. I'm going to do it. That's just, I don't know if it's hard head or redneck or what it is. I'm going to do, I just decided I'm going to do it. She said, you going to get anybody to help you? I said, no, I can handle that. Me and Jason and Chris, where are you, Chris? Hey, we're the ones, man. I got this. I learned in the paint factory, you can take a 755-gallon uh, barrel of paint and get it on its edge and move it as long as you don't let it tip too far that way or tip too far this way. So I can move anything as long as I don't let it get out. So I just got those seats out there. But I, did, I decided I'm putting those seats in. I'm putting them in. I, I think that's a little redneck. Maybe it's a little manny-fied. Maybe it's hard-headed. I don't know. But I'm telling you, when you make a decision and say, this is what I'm going to do, then you, can, then you can begin to discern. But most of us weigh, weigh all the options figure it all out. Will this fit? Does it fit in my day? Is it in my time? And we haven't really decided. We didn't really decide. I'm going to do what Jesus wants me to do today, whatever. And the renewal of our mind can't come because we've got those in the wrong order. I want to discern. Give me all the pros and cons and I'll decide whether I'm going to do it or not. So discern, decide. No, no, no. Great illustration. You know what happened last night, don't you? <laughs> Clocks rolled. I get, always get that backwards. They rolled forward. Is that right? They didn't go backward. They rolled forward. Anyway, we don't have to talk about all that. There were people this morning that had to get up this morning and discern whether or not they were going to go to church. I got to figure out, am I going to go? I mean, we got up kind of late. I forgot the clock's going to roll up, blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to figure out, should we go today or should we go today? And so they discern for a little bit and then they decide. But you know what you guys did? You decided last night, I'm going to church tomorrow. And you're everyone here today. I'm going to be a little bit negative here. In our generation, it's like the soccer mom who can't decide if she wants to take her kids to a soccer game on Sunday morning or go to morning worship. I'll just, I'll just discern that, and after I've wrestled that around my mind, I'll make a decision. No, 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 no. You've never really decided. And the ability to think it through and come up with an answer and figure out what's going on and really wrestle through it is, uh, is the fact that first of all, you have to decide, man, I've decided, I'm going through whatever it takes. I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow him with every breath that's in me. Uh, Nathan had a singing, with every breath in him, I'm going to follow him. And as it comes along, I'll discern, I'll discern, I'll discern what he, what he, wants, it, what he wants me to do. I listened to a great sermon this week by Paul Washer. I don't know if, if you're an internet preacher guy, you should listen to Paul Washer every night. He preached a sermon on Romans 12, 1 to 2 to a group of young preachers. <laughs> and it's dynamic, especially if you're a preacher, but it's fantastic. You should listen to it. And he said, we're at a place in the contemporary church these days where everybody has to come back to church every week and recommit their lives to the Lord because <laughs> they never really decided, I'm going all the way through. 
And so you come back and rededicate, recommit, decide one more time. Yeah, yeah, rather than the summer of 1977 saying, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm not sure all that's going to look like. I haven't done it perfectly. But from this point forward, I'm going on. And uh, that's the decision that guides you through hard, hard discerning understandings and choices and changes. You know, for me, it meant quit being a chemistry major, trying to go to pharmacy school and leave a good job and making money and buy a little old junky Volkswagen I was embarrassed of for $800 and go away to Treveca and start working with high school kids at Kroger's so I could get a theological education and be a pastor. But all that happened down here because the decision was made. Then the discernment comes along the way and you begin to understand. Well, what follows the decision is you begin to understand what it is God wants you to do. And he does it by the power of his Holy Spirit and through his word and in community. I was looking at something yesterday. Uh, some, something from Legionnaire Ministries, which is, somebody knows, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy's saying, you know, if you're not studying the word and you're not showing up at morning worship and you're not connected to the community, you really don't care about having a renewed mind. Because all that's part of the process, man. I've decided. I've de and what follows decision is a discernment. You know, literally, he says, and he's talking to Christians, those that are in, don't be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so you may be able to discern what the will of the Lord is. I love that word discern. I love it. I love it. That's a terrible translation. It's a terrible translation. The, let me just say this Greek word because it sounds good. Dakamadzo. Doesn't that sound good? Dakamadzo is a word discern. It has two parts in it that's very important. He says, not only will you discern it, but you'll do it. <laughs> this sermon's got all kinds of problems with it, man, I'll tell you right now. So we, first we got to decide, and then we got to discern. Let me talk about discernment for a minute. The word dakamadzo for discern is a fantastic word. So you see, when God... Let me tell you first, when the devil offers you something, he offers it to you in order to steal and kill and destroy every single time. That's what he's about. God never does that. He offers to you every time what is good and acceptable and perfect according to his will. So when you're discerning the will of God, you don't have to worry that you're, he's taking you into some pit somewhere. You've got to recognize understanding what God wants for your life is always a move upward. It's more what he wants. It's what he wants to do. And so I've decided to follow Jesus knowing as I discern his will for my life, as I commit to his will for my life, I don't have to worry that I'm going, going down. I've got my emotions. I'm not, I'm not going down like the enemy does. I'm going up. I'm going up because he always is leading. See, we, I don't know that we really yet believe that when I decided to follow Jesus and I've discerned that I'm going to follow his will, we believe his will's right, man. It's good. It's best every, every single time. In fact, the word for what the devil does in dragging you down is never used of God in the Scripture. This word means, I've got a little aside. I hope this is not confusing in this sermon. This is such a great word. So I've decided to follow Jesus, and now I'm going to discern what he wants me to do. If I, can, I don't know if I can define this well, but I'm going to try, try my best. That is such a positive word. We shouldn't spend our time asking, 
why do I need to do that? Trying to get out of it. We should be asking, why am I not doing that? Let's go. I'm ready. Let's forward. Let's move on. I feel like we spend so much time trying to prove what's wrong that we don't spend near enough time trying to find out what's right. Did you understand that? That's where we are in our society. That's where we are in our homes, our marriages. We ought, we ought to take time to say, I, I haven't worried about what's wrong. I'm going to tell you what's right. Part of that's wrapped up in that whole thing. I didn't make that very clear. But once I decide to follow Jesus and I discern what his will is, I understand his will. <laughs> the last thing to do is to do it. When I put those three simple words together in this sermon, decide, discern, and do, I found out one thing. <laughs> Discernment's not a problem. Deciding's a problem. Doing's a problem. Knowing what to do, that's not a problem. See, there's three steps in this thing. I decide I'm going to follow Jesus. I determine and discern what it is he wants me to do. And then, and then... I don't do nothing. Somebody said to me this week, it amazes me how many weeks we can come into the church, sit around in here, hear a message, and go out and do nothing. This process of renewal, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, says I've decided to follow Jesus, I have discerned, determined, understood what he wants me to do, and now I go do it. Got a little fun exercise. Do you go do it? Silly illustrations. I'm going to use a couple of silly illustrations. Just wrapping. I'm almost done. So you can put up with two illustrations. The other day I was walking home. It's one of those rainy days. It's goofy. I'm the goofiest guy in the world, except for Charles Shear. He's one step above me, you know. Goofy. So I'm walking home up the sidewalk, and there's all these fishing worms on the, on the, on the sidewalk. You know this story I've told you before. You know what happens when a fishing worm lies on a sidewalk? If it doesn't have enough energy to get off into the grass, it'll dry up like nobody's business and be hard as an old piece of straw. And I can't stand to see that happening. So I thought, I ought to pick up these fishing worms. Decided, discerned, I ought to pick up these fishing worms. You know what I did? Stopped all the way up and picked up every fishing worm, throwed them over in the grass, man. Craziest guy you're... Well, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. Anita was pulling weeds the other night, and... Uh, it was getting dark, and I didn't really want to pull weeds. You blame me? <laughs> so she's pulling weeds. And I thought, well, at least I can just sweep them up and put them in the can. You know what I did? Swept them up and put them in the can. What I did. Because with deciding, see, there were 10,000 tributaries 41 years ago. Why did I do that? Because I married her. I wouldn't have done it for Chloe. I promise you, Lanny, I wouldn't have done it for Chloe. <laughs> 10,000 tributaries. Made a decision. Got some sense of understanding there. Well, got my little broom and my garbage can, my dustpan, picked up her weeds. So once I decide I'm going to follow Jesus, he begins by the power of his Holy Spirit to reveal what he wants for me. Now, you can try to flip those around and... and and get the revelation of what he wants without having made that commitment. And I promise you, you'll get nowhere. I promise you, you've got to decide, I'm going to follow Jesus. And then watch, watch the revelation of his plan, his purpose, his will for your life. You'll begin to discern what he wants. You'll begin to see it's good, acceptable, and perfect. And then, by God's grace, you'll be able to do it.
I'm going to tell you something I know for sure. We've got a little gravel road goes up beside the house up there. Right in front of the house where Sophie used to live, right there. It goes up the hill to Dave Kaplinger's old home place at the top of the hill up there. If you've never gone up that road, you ought to just drive up it sometime. If you don't care about your muffler and your tailpipe or any of that stuff, you know. <laughs> There's a little sign there that says no outlet. The sign lies. There is an outlet at the top. I'm, I'm sure some of Dave's family put it up there, didn't they, Dave? <laughs> just to keep people from coming up that way. You can turn and come down and come out there by the, the nursery down in the curve. If you were to go to that no outlet sign and take 36, take 36 steps forward and look in a tree there, there's a little bag in that tree that's plumb full of coins. I know it's there. I mean, it's been there. I know it's there. Decide, discern, do. We're just going to wait. Am I being silly? I know, in fact, there's a hundred quarters in there because I counted them out this morning. Decide. I didn't tell him to do that, but that's exactly what needed to happen. How do we come in and say, I'm committed to follow Jesus? I know this. But not do it. Man, let me tell you, this is a real possibility. So renewing of your mind is a real possibility. But here's where it starts. You've got to decide. I'm going with Jesus. You know, maybe you've never decided that before. Maybe you've halfway decided it. Maybe, never, maybe you've never really said, Jesus, I'm going with you. <laughs> Watch the revelation begin to come, man. Watch your mind begin renewed. And watch you begin to live out the things he's showing you. Once you make that decision. Will you stand? We're going to pray before we go. But maybe this morning you'd like to come up here and kneel and say, you know what, Pastor? I need to make that decision today that I am going to follow Jesus. Would you bow your heads? And I want to give someone or some 20 a chance to say, I'm deciding today. I'm going to get those van seats in. I don't know how, but I'm getting them in. I'm going to follow Jesus. I don't know what it looks going to look like, but I'm, I'm deciding today. And your mind will be renewed. And you will begin to see and do the great things that God has in mind. This seems a little brash or hard. 
Am I supposed to assume you've all decided? I will believe you, but I invite you this morning. If you've not, there's no way to make spiritual progress until you say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been doing my own thing. Go my own way. Would you forgive my sin and give me the courage to follow Jesus with every breath that's in me and watch you reveal your way and I'll do it. I love that. I want to pray before we go. And let me tell you right now, I'm not at all discouraged. I bless the Lord this morning that so many of you made that decision a long time ago and you've been living up to it. Thanks be to God. May we together live up to it more and more and more and more. Thank you, Jesus, that you promise a renewal of our minds. We don't think the way we used to think. We don't even process the way we used to process. Some of that same old equation's gone, and we're brand new. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you. That's a real hope for everybody in the room. And I pray, Jesus, that you'd help us to see the, the pathway there. It's not just a, the content. is We're not like the world. We're like the Spirit of God. But the pathway there is a real decision to Jesus. And then understanding your will and doing it. That's what we want to do this week. Would you help us today? Sunday morning. I don't know, maybe 11.30, 11.45 to decide together. This week. This week, oh Lord, I'm going to follow you in everything I do and say. Lord, would you bless your people? Some are making decisions right there in the pew this morning that they're going to do that. Would you bless them, oh Lord? Help them stay true to that decision and then reveal your good and perfect and pleasing will to them, Lord. And because of that decision, help them find a way to get it done to get it done every single day. Now, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the anointing that's on your word. Bless it and use it in our lives this week to the glory of God and all God's people said, amen. May the Lord bless you. Have a great week of doing this week. Thanks be to God, man. It's good. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Chris.